0: TII, item 455, January 30th, 2018. Homepods go on sale, do not sell out.
1: Welcome to Today in iPhone.
2: Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, go away! Oh yeah.
1: My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who
0: I am. This episode is brought to you by Audible. For a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership, go to audible.com slash TII or text TII do 500-500 to get started. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and you are listening to Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Eric for sending in the artwork for today's show. Eric wrote the following. Hello, Rob. Recently discovered Apple's new-to-me in-store free courses. One day last week, I took three courses at the Apple Potomac Town centers today in Apple at an Apple event at 11 a.m. Photos walk, how to tell a story with action photos and video at 12 p.m., editing video on a Mac and beginning coding at 5 p.m. In each class, I was the only participant, which was good, like a private tutor. God, I like being retired. During the photo walk class, I had my instructor Steve snap a picture of me in front of the Apple Store for TII. I then used Over to insert text above the front door and on the side of the car. I eh, hope you like it. I you then used Waterlog to water paint the two editions of the Over image for your selection. Regards, Eric M. Well, thanks, Eric, for sending. In this, And folks, you can see the artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 455 or at Instagram.com slash Today in iOS, and also at Facebook.com slash Today in iOS. Folks, if you have some artwork and or music you have created on iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at iOS at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. On the last episode, we mentioned the updates on January 25th, for iOS 11.3 beta 1 and tvOS 11.3 beta 1. What was not released on the 25th was a Watch OS beta. That came a day later on the 26th with Watch OS 4.3 beta 1. Some of the things introduced in this beta are nightstand mode in portrait orientation, new charging animations when placing on the charger, and it also adds in activity info to the Siri watch face. And not new, but rather returning, is the feature to allow music playing on the iPhone to be controlled using the Music app on the Apple Watch. That was available some time ago, but recently had been missing. Part of the music control is being able to control where music plays. I'm guessing when the HomePod arrives and we upgrade to watch OS 4.3, we will then be able to transfer music playing on an iPhone speaker uh, and get it to play on the HomePod right from the Apple Watch. Right now, screenshots show you being able to choose between the speaker on an iPhone and different Apple TVs or AirPods. Chances are, however, we will not see watchOS 4.3 Goldmaster until sometime in the spring. If you have upgraded to the latest version of Facebook's mobile app, it then adds itself as an option for where you can send a screen recording in iOS 11. Right now, however, when you select Facebook and then press Start Broadcast, it does result in an error message. So for now, either Facebook is needing to update something on their end or iOS needs uh, another update. Those testing uh, both in 11.2.5 and 11.3 Beta 1 are reporting the error message. Interestingly, I tried a few times to get it to go with Facebook, and one time I did not get the error message, but the recording just wound up going to my photo album. Maybe in the future, you will be able to do a Facebook Live video broadcast via the screen recording feature to Facebook Live. I read through a bunch of best of CES 2018 for iOS devices type posts. I am not going to talk about light bulbs. Sorry, Phillips. Not gonna do it. But from the ones I read that, the ones I should say that had me most tempted to pull out my credit card, they are Kohler's sensate faucet that lets you control the faucet with your siri voice commands yes you can turn on or off the water with your voice times when this is important well you're holding a boiling pot of water and spaghetti and you forgot to turn on the water or your hands are covered in well whatever it is that you do not want to get on the faucet handle however this feature, while cool, is not one I can see paying for just yet. Pricing is going to be north of $600 by best estimates. Still, many times I wish I had a voice-activated faucet in my kitchen. Next is the Osmo Mobile 2, which is a 3-axis video stabilizer and a handheld mount for your iPhone. This helps reduce the amount of movement you see when recording video. It is just $130 versus the original Osmo Mobile, which was $299 when it came out. And I like the Osmo. Um, So anyway, the Osmo Mobile 2 is currently listed as exclusively from the Apple Store, but not yet available to order. Though I saw one article saying it was available for pre-order, I couldn't figure out how to do that. The Apple Store would not let me do it. Uh, It is estimated to be delivered sometime between the end of February and early March if you shoot a lot of mobile video. This is something you're really going to want to get a look at. So again, Osmo Mobile 2. You can Google it and find out more. And right now, exclusively through the Apple Store once they allow the orders. If you listen to this show for a while, especially if you listen to the feed, you may recall I Am a Tea Drinker. And this next one is pretty cool. Or hot, really, depending on how you look at it. It is the Ember Ceramic Mug. Priced at $80. It is a 10-ounce tea or coffee mug that lets you control the temperature of your drink of choice via the iOS app. If you want an extra charging coaster, it's another $40 on top of the $80. Um, at the $80 level, it does come with one charging coaster. So if you want one at home and one at work or one in one part of your house and one other part, you know, you add it at $40 more. So essentially how it works is you pour your drink into the mug. Once it gets to your preferred temperature, it alerts you and then it keeps it at that temperature for you. Nothing worse than when I'm working on my show notes like right now, I have a cup of tea and I get into an article and forget about it for a bit and then reach over to take a swig and it's cold when I was expecting it to be warmer than warm. Note, you obviously need to hand wash this. No putting it in the dishwasher. And do not buy from Amazon. Go right to their site. Yeah, just Google Ember. I'll I'll put a link in the show notes but don't tell the wife I actually purchased two of these for Valentine's Day one for the wife one for me we like to drink tea together at night you can change the charging light uh, to your own color on each one so that way you know whose is whose so yes this one actually did pull out the credit card for so I bought two $80 each yeah I know it's Valentine's Day it's a good idea hey we like to drink tea together uh, I'll have a link for this one in the show notes. Uh, there were many others, uh, and the post from iPhone's Life's uh, iPhone Life's Best of CES 2018 is probably one of the best posts out there. I saw on the Best of Show once a link in the show notes. But one more to mention is the Coros Omni Smart Cycling Helmet. So C-O-R-O-S, Coros Omni Smart Cycling Helmet. It's 199 dollars and for the true Freds out there, that's a drop in the bucket for what they're used to spending. It is a bone-conducting helmet that lets you listen to music, podcasts, and phone calls while not requiring you to have anything in your ears. This way you can hear the music and hear the traffic at the same time. And you can mount a remote on the handlebars to manage calls and music, and there are more features. Uh, But the bone conduction and the safety that offers while letting you listen while you ride at $1.99, again, that's a drop in the bucket for Fred's out there. Hi, Rob. You mentioned on your last show that if we ordered a HomePod to let you know, well, I woke up at 3 a.m. only to be disappointed again. At 6 a.m. before going to work, I was let down. I kept refreshing the site when I had time. Finally, I was able to order at 10 a.m., and I'll be receiving my Space Gray HomePod on February 9th. It will replace a very old Bose Acoustic Wave. I only hope I can Bluetooth pair it to my PC... Since I gave up my MacBook Air to my daughter after the MacBook Pro died, we only stream Netflix for entertainment and hardwire the uh, PC to the Bose. If anyone knows if pairing to a PC to hear sound on Netflix, that uh, that would be nice to know. Either way, I'm looking forward to February 9th. As always, keep up the great work. Love the show. Regards, iBob. Well, thanks, iBob. I ordered mine as well. I also waited up at no avail. Woke up a few times checking the Apple Store app, and finally at 7.30 a.m. Central Time, the HomePod showed up for me. I purchased the Space Gray version as well, and I had delivery date as well on February 9th when I'm going to be out of town. Just need to keep the kids to hold off from opening it up for two days. Mm, Yeah. Tim Cook, uh, when talking to the Financial Post in Canada recently, said the HomePod is about quality, A, quote, very immersive audio experience, unquote, and, quote, music deserves that kind of quality as opposed to some kind of squeaky sound, unquote. I'm shocked Tim said it sounds better than Amazon Alexa, which he was referring to per the squeaky sound. Shocked, I tell you, shocked. But Tim is not the only one to have a HomePod early. Some of the Apple whipping words, I mean, reviewers have theirs, and I mean their reviews are so unbiased, because sure, why not risk a bad review of the HomePod for never getting anything else from Apple ever to review again? Oh, who am I kidding? Those thoughts never entered into the minds of these early reviewers. And well, shocker, the reviewers said the audio was great. And the unit is smaller than it appeared on the press photos. And you could talk in a normal voice and Siri would hear you from across the room. And it also picked the winning Powerball numbers and helps you fill out your taxes. Hmm. Maybe we wait on the HomePod reviews until, well, people with no skin in the game like iBob or myself or Myron Euchre get ours and then we can give you a good review. My point is this. Don't rely on any pre-release reviews to make up your mind on this. If you are on the fence or don't even know where the fence is, wait, soon enough, you'll be hearing from me and others that can say, wow, better than expected, or dang, I could have purchased 350 stale packages of chips Ahoy from the dollar store and been so much happier. One thing from the reviews that is worthy of mentioning is that the devices come with a two meter over six foot long power cable in the box. This is not something mentioned on the website. The cord is replaceable, and color matches the unit you purchased. There were also a few articles out there about HomePod supporting FLAC, which is a truly lossless, uncompressed, open-source audio standard. In other words, it offers the best possible audio quality. Uh, The one slight problem with FLAC is, well, finding any music in FLAC format. You can go to sites like HDTracks.com and try to get some FLAC music. Dark Side of the Moon, for example, is only $18.00. But you may want to start with a single Flac track from a site uh, and see if you can actually get it to iTunes on your computer and then to the HomePod before spending any real coin on Flac music. If anyone out there has experience getting Flac music and then getting to work in your iOS Apple ecosystem, please email me today in iOS at gmail.com and let me know your recommendations on where to get Flac music and how you got it all set up and this is obviously something we'll be talking about more once the HomePod is in our hands, because I do want to try some flack music, and, and what better album than Dark Side of the Moon? Over in the Google Plus community, Myron Uecker mentioned later in the day on the 26th that the HomePod was not sold out, and you could still get a February 9th delivery. Well, after the weekend of sales, the HomePod is still showing a February 9th delivery, late in the evening on January 29th. That rumor about Apple having 1 million units shipping to the U.S.? Seems to be close to accurate, and it seems the delay for getting the HomePod out was more about software than hardware issues or shortages. Either that, or the much lower than expected demand, or maybe some combo thereof. HomePod may wind up being one of those things that requires word of ear for it to spread, as in you need to play it for your friends, and then when they hear the audio quality, then they order it, and so on. Or maybe just priced too far out of the market to be anything other than a very niche, niche device that the audiophiles at Apple love, but the general population could do without. And for $350, would rather just buy six or seven Alexa dots, put them throughout their house and go out for a really nice dinner with the money that's left over. And Sonos is trying their best as well to suppress HomePod sales by announcing for a limited time you can buy two Sonos One smart speakers for a price of, you guessed it, $349. Normally, the Sonos One smart speakers are $199 a piece, so this is $50 savings when you buy to two. Sonos also said they plan to add AirPlay 2 support to the Sonos One, which means you could control it with Siri. The Sonos One already has Amazon Alexa voice integration built in, and they are also going to add Google Assistant to the device later in the year. So there are options out there aplenty, which may explain why, well, you can still order HomePod and get it on February 9th launch date. As mentioned earlier, this episode is brought to you by Audible, our original sponsor of the show. To get a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership, go to audible.com slash TII or text TII to 500-500 to get started. A new year often means working on a new you, and that should mean more than just eating less and exercising more. It means getting better info into your brain, and there is no more efficient way to get that info into your brain than via audio, as all listeners of podcasts already know. And Audible has the best books for self-improvement. Maybe you want to listen to my friend Tim Ferriss' 4-Hour Workweek or Tools of the Titans. Or maybe you want to listen to another one of my friend's books, Ben Greenfield's Beyond Training. Or maybe you want to listen to something entertaining while you work out. Then I will once again name-drop another friend, Merle Lafferty, and her books, Six Weeks, Ghost Train to New Orleans, and The Shambling Guide to New York City, the latter one of which is being made into a Netflix movie. Point is... There are great audiobooks for, on Audible to help with self-improvement, better health, or just great entertainment to help your workout go faster. And with Audible membership, it includes one free audiobook a month and 30% off all regularly priced audiobooks. The ones I mentioned earlier were between 9 and 20 hours in length, so you only need a couple, if that, to fill out a whole month. With Audible, you own your books. With Netflix or other services, when you cancel, you have nothing to show for it. But with Audible, you get to keep all the books you downloaded. You can access all the books anytime, anywhere, right from your iOS device. Audible has a great listen guarantee. Didn't like a specific book? You can swap it out. Again, to get a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership, go to audible.com slash TII or text TII to 500-500 to get started. I love the Audible service, and I'm sure you will, too. Thanks, Audible, once again for sponsoring this show.
3: Hi, Rob. This is Dave from Springfield, Illinois. I'm listening to episode 454, and I was listening to Bob leave a voicemail about the Animojis and not working with his fiance. I don't doubt that he had that experience, but I was showing the Animojis to my coworkers. And providing that, I unlocked my phone and I pointed the phone at my coworker, or they were holding it. As they spoke, the emoji moved appropriately. I wonder if my phone has the glitch where it allows others to use it or if his phone had a glitch where it didn't. And uh, on a side note, every time in his message, he stated, Hey Siri, my Apple Watch perked up. So several times I had a and clicked uh, her crown and put her back to home. Thank you very much for your podcast. I enjoy it every single time.
0: Dave, thanks for the voicemail message, and I tried it with my wife, and my phone is acting like your phone is because it allowed my wife to also do the Animojis when she opened her mouth or moved her eyes. It locked onto her and, and reacted to her as well. So it sounds like both me and you, Dave, at least our iPhone tens are working with others as long as we unlocked it first and then handed it over after getting it set up into the email bag Hi rob heard your podcast last night Am having the same problem of not getting weather on my iWatch found a fix in the web but haven't had time to work it yet regards don h well don why are you telling me if you got a solution and you're not haven't checked it yet so don let us know if your solution worked and let us know what it was Back to email bag. Hi, Rob. Drew from Amarillo, Texas again, and I'm loving my iPhone 10 and your show. I recently ordered a wireless charging stand for my desk at work, which brings me to my question. Is it bad for the battery in the iPhone to be left on the stand hours at a time during the day after being charged all night? I'm planning to keep the phone for the next three years, so I don't want to do anything that will harm the battery life overall. Regards, Drew Horn. Well, Drew, the answer on this is going to be the same as what Apple said before about leaving it charged. It's okay to leave it connected and charged all the time. So that should not, at least how it's worked in the past, should not degrade your battery, keeping the unit with power to it all the time. Back to bag. Hi, Rob. One more reason to love Apple Pay. I recently received recently a fraud alert on my Amex card, and when I called, the agent said they would cancel my card and send a new card in about a week unless I needed an emergency replacement. Then he said that since I have Apple Pay, that would automatically switch over to the new card in about 10 minutes with no action needed by me. Just one more reason to love Apple Pay. Regards, Bill in Virginia. Bill, thank you for that feedback. And Bill, I should say I had something similar. We had to have a credit card that was canceled because of fraud as well. And boom, it was the easiest thing to replace was the Apple Pay, just automatically updated. So yeah, I really do like Apple Pay from that perspective. When you do change credit card numbers, because eventually you will, uh, Apple Pay actually does a really good job updating.
2: Hey, Rob, this is Justin in Pennsylvania. Um, calling response, well, I'm calling the obviously, I'm not an Apple genius, but about the closing the, the um, apps the um reason why you don't force clo- close those apps all the time is because it actually hurts your battery because apple manages multiple applications in a smart way so it's not constantly just because the app is open in that in your list there it doesn't mean that it's drawing battery it actually means the opposite it's not powering up the app it's kind of in a in a saved state sort of thing from what i've read And that force quitting them all the time means you're constantly opening apps and you're drawing more battery when you do so. And you're actually, you're you're not helping yourself like you think you are. I've fought with my in-laws about this because there are people that they they force quit every time they use an app. As soon as you're out of it, they close it immediately. The thing of it is, is that I've actually seen uh, Apple release this before, like, Um, Some of the, I don't remember who it was, but I remember seeing it like on places like iMore as a suggestion from Apple not to do this. But of course putting your apps when you're going to like, you're going to change the software, you know, update it. But I mean, I don't think that's any big deal at all. I mean, you should probably do that because it seems to help. So, but uh, as far as closing them out all the time, you shouldn't do that. All right. Thanks, Rob. Have a great day. Bye.
0: Justin, as always, thanks for your feedback. Yes, we know Android is rolled out to more people globally, about five times more than iOS. But revenue from iOS App Store in Q4 of twenty seventeen was ninety-five percent more than Google Play. That means a typical iOS owner spent over ten times more in the iOS App Store than the typical Android user did in the Google Play App Store. So let's get this clear. Hardware wise, Apple gets over 90% of the profits. And when it comes to app sales and subscriptions, Apple also gets a lion's share of revenue. Hmm. Tell me again why that 85% market share number for Android means anything? And if you're a dev looking to monetize, which platform, again, are you going to concentrate on? Yeah, I know, kind of a rhetorical question. Apple will be reporting financials at the end of this week, actually Thursday. Sadly, I'll be in D.C. at a super-secret meeting about podcast metrics. Shh! Not allowed to talk about that. In any case, one thing Apple will not say on the call is what percentage of the iPhones sold last quarter were iPhone tens, as Apple never breaks out by model for, quote, competitive reasons, unquote. But that does not stop others out there from doing their research and guessing at where the numbers came in. Consumer Intelligent Research Partners, SERP, we've mentioned them before, is guesstimating that the iPhone ten made up one out of every five iPhones sold last quarter. They had the iPhone 8 at 24% and the iPhone 8 Plus at 17%. The iPhone 10, for those mathematically challenged, that's at 20% when it's 1 in 5. And all the other iPhone models combined for 39%. How did they come up with these numbers? Well, via a survey of 500 consumers who purchased an iPhone in the U.S. in Q4. Again, take it with a big grain of salt as Apple will not be divulging those numbers pretty much ever. Another company pulling numbers out of their um, spreadsheets is Canalysis. Or Canalys. Yeah. Can- Canalys is better than Canalysis, right? Canalys. Anyway, they guesstimated that there were 29 million iPhone tens shipped last quarter. Hmm. I find that number a wee bit hard to believe. See, the best quarter ever, the iPhone sold 78.3 million units. That was a year ago in that quarter. Many analysts estimate that the last quarter, the number of iPhones was at that level, maybe a little bit more. At best, it's a 10% increase year over year. That puts the best numbers at 85 million units for the last quarter. But if the iPhone 10 was at 29 million units, that is much higher than the 20% from the last group guesstimate. Either that or the Apple sold 140 million iPhones last quarter. So either Apple sold 35% of the 85 million iPhones as iPhone tens, or Apple sold 20% of the 140 million units, or none of the above. If Apple did sell 29 million iPhone tens, the revenue will be much higher than expected. But at the same time as the analysts are saying that the iPhone X is doing really well, or absolutely incredibly great, there are other reports coming out from KGI's Ming-Chi Quo saying, um, no. He thinks sales in China are much lower than expected, but I don't get this. He says, for the current quarter sales, the iPhone X will be in the 15 to 20 million range down from the 20 to 30 million range original estimate. Okay, this does not compute. Last year in Q1 of 2017, Apple sold 50.8 million iPhones. Who in the right mind expects Apple to ship over 50% of that number in the iPhone 10s this quarter. Even if we get 10% growth in iPhone sales, which is a big if and a a big win if that happens, at 55 million iPhone units overall sold in this quarter, that's a 10% increase. 15 mil is 27% of the iPhone sales. 20 mil would be 37%. Both those numbers are much higher than the survey results numbers. And given the higher ASPs, even at 15 million units, that would mean Apple is having a great quarter right now. So why are some, many, saying the iPhone X is doing bad in sales? I don't get it. This article, when talking about Q4 2017, lamented about the iPhone X sales being disappointing because they would not ship 50 million units in the last quarter, and it would just be 30 million units. Anyone that thought Apple was going to ship 50 million units of a $1,000 plus ASP smartphone is smoking crack. Lots and lots of crack. The numbers just don't add up. Don't even come close to adding up or making any sense whatsoever. Again, 30 million out of 85 million units, that's 35%. Apple would be so far above estimates for revenue if 35% of the 85 million iPhones sold last quarter were iPhone tens. Apple stock is being beat up a bunch this week. But if Apple comes anywhere close to where the worst of these estimates are for the iPhone X sales, they will far exceed their projected guidance. Thursday's conference call is one I will look forward to listening to once Apple releases as a podcast later Thursday evening. By the way, every time Ming-Chi Kuo speaks about Apple, he's not right. He's not even right 50% of the time. He's more like a baseball player hitting 350, which is good in baseball and Apple rumors, but he's still two out of three times he's wrong. That said, I expect Apple to say they shipped in the range of 80 to 82 million iPhones last quarter, and the ASPs will have gone up, but the margins will have dropped a little, with Apple coming in at the top side of their guidance, not blowing it out. We'll see on Thursday. I'll put up a blog post later on Thursday once I get through all that was released. So make sure you check the TI app or to go to todayinios.com late Thursday evening. Like I said, there's been a lot of doom and gloom articles this past week for Apple, especially when it comes to sales in China. A new report is showing for the last quarter for China smartphone sales overall, um, they had their first year-over-year decline, a 4% drop in unit sales. But the drop seems to have hit Xiaomi uh, harder than others, dropping them to fifth place and allowing Apple to move up to fourth place last quarter. Some are saying that Apple sales actually grew year over year. That is something we will find out on Apple's conference call because they do break that out. Apple is being pressured by some of the teacher unions that are big shareholders in their pension funds of Apple stock to take a pioneering role in parental controls. Essentially adding in tools to help parents help kids break their smartphone addiction. Or, you know, you can do what I recently did to my son's phone. I kept entering in the passcode wrong until the device was finally locked down for 24 hours. Well, because sometimes you just need to remind them who's boss. Actually, in our household, we have no electronics policy from Monday morning to Friday evenings after school. So there's no electronics allowed. No TV between uh, you know, Monday morning Friday evening. Then on Friday afternoon, it's like two starving kids being released at an ice cream and candy bar. So yeah, better parental controls are definitely welcomed in this home. I would love to see the ability to limit time to like 15-minute blocks with a ping to my device when said amount of time is used up and only I or the wife could release more time segments to their device. We kind of did that with poker chips one summer, where each chip was worth 15 minutes and then they needed to do chores or physical activities to earn the chips or do something nice to earn some chips, then they could trade those chips in for more time on a device. I'd love to see Apple build in some sort of chip token system or someone create a nice chip or token app. There probably already is one out there. Actually, if anyone knows of an app like this, let me know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to at today gmail.com. But I do agree, as parents of two kids that have iOS addiction, some parental controls beyond entering in the wrong passcode would be nice. Okay, switching gears. Lots of rumors this month around the iPhone SE2 or SE 2018 version. Quick summary, iPhone SE, which is really the iPhone 5 and 5S with an update to the processor and some other items, was originally released in 2016 and did not see any update last year. So predicting it will get an update this year as well, pretty much phoning it in when it comes to predictions. We know when it comes to the the processor, that will be improved, most likely going from the A9 to the A11 processor, pretty much almost guarantee that will happen expect the screen size to remain exactly the same. Some rumors have it with a glass back for wireless charging, but what if Apple went with something other than glass on the back? Uh, What if they went with some plastic, or or polycarbonate as they call it, instead of glass on the back? Good old Ming-Chi Kuo does not think there will be any outward changes for the SE2, rather just improved internals with the A11 and more RAM and storage, improved cameras, and that's about it no wireless charging, and no other new special features. Basically, just a modest, boring internal update with the same design that we've loved since the other days of the iPhone 5 and 5S. Again, Ming is right about a third of the time. That said, one of the rumors of the glass back, that can be traced back to Digitimes, and, and at least in one of the rumor strings. And Digitimes is basically right, well, never. So I would guess right now, and I would be leaning right now heavily towards the same outside design as the iPhone SE with new guts. The other rumors about a May-June launch window seem to be out there bouncing around. Those seem like a late launch. I mean, the original iPhone SE launched on March 31st, 2016 and was introduced just 10 days earlier on the 21st of March. I think a late March, early April window makes sense. Actually, maybe uh, a bit later to get it away from Easter. So let's go with April 10th for the introduction, right during the middle of NAB, and then the launch on April 20th.
3: Hey, Rob. This is uh, Jason Nace calling. I'm sure you probably got some emails or phone calls about your last episode with the guy talking about the SE and as far as what iOS is going to support it. Last year, I bought my girlfriend a iPhone SE, and I have an iPhone 6 Plus, and her phone actually has the processor of the 6S. So it really depends on which version he has, and I might have missed if he said which version he has, but just wanted to call and let you know, man. Thanks for your show. Love what you do. I can't wait for the next episode. It's getting really dry, but I don't talk
0: to you later, Jason. Thanks for the feedback. Into the email bag we go. Here, Rob, hoping you or the listeners can help explain this. Why do non-Apple charging cables sometimes work and sometimes do not? I get the message. This accessory may not work with this device from time to time, and I totally get it. It's not an Apple charging cable, but it doesn't always happen. And when it doesn't charge, sometimes all I have to do is turn the lightning cable over and plug it back in, and it works, and sometimes not. Any idea why? Regards, Eric Boyles. Yes, because Apple likes to annoy the bejeevus out of us. Uh, Yeah, I don't get that either. I get the same issue. Sometimes some of my cables work. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes flipping them over makes them work. I, I just don't get it. Hi, Rob. I've had my Apple Watch for a few months now and overall feel pretty positive about it. I first went with the Apple Watch Series 3 cellular, but quickly returned it when I figured out that there were a few uh, real scenarios where I didn't have my iPhone with me. Uh, One other thing that I'm not sure if is well known to your listeners for US-based cell carriers, the cellular function does not roam outside the United States the way the phone will. Most of us have been shuttled to uh, unlimited plans and also enjoy the benefit of using their data plan in Canada and Mexico. Not so with the Apple Watch add-ons, as I found out in my frequent travels to Mexico. One frustration for me with the Apple Watch is how iMessage does not seem to sync with my iPhone. Uh, If I erase iMessages on my iPhone, they do not erase on my Apple Watch and vice versa is there a reason why this would not sync uh, be in sync is there an easy way to erase all iMessages messages from the apple watch without having to painstakingly delete each one thanks for the show and everything you do for the ice community of course keep up the great work regards mike melanie and he's from Danville, california or danville california well Mike, thank you for that. And I'm going to throw this one out to the audience. If anyone has an answer from Mike, please give us a call or shoot us an email. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I am from Ogden, Utah, and a longtime listener since the very first episode you put out. So, hey, you know that Audible was a sponsor way back when. I went to the Apple store in Farmington Station. I just went there to get my battery replaced in my iPhone 6. They did not have any batteries in stock, so they have to order. They also said that it would be about two weeks for it to come in, and they would call or email um, that it will be in for me to get it replaced. They said it might take an hour to hour and a half to get replaced. We will see. Best deal ever for $29. At least this will help uh, out until the next iPhone comes out uh, with the T-Mobile 5G, which I can't wait for. Regards, Aaron. And Aaron... Thank you for the feedback. Uh, I was actually at the Apple Store this weekend getting an Apple Watch. My son, the original Apple Watch I had passed down to my son, and a few weeks ago, the screen popped off. So the battery swelled and popped the screen off. It is covered under the warranty. Uh, I brought it in, and they said, yes, it's covered under warranty. It's a swollen battery, and we will get that fixed, and uh, battery replaced, and get that fixed. You have a brand new battery. So... He's happy with that, but he also has an iPhone 6 Plus, which will also get a new battery. But We're waiting for his because the battery right now is testing okay. So we're going to go ahead and wait until the fall, and then we'll get a new battery for $29 for him in the fall. But yeah, I mean, if your battery right now, if you need to get a replace for the iPhone 6 or 6 Plus, you're going to be waiting a while uh, because I talked to the guy at the Apple store, and they are just slammed with requests and he said they don't expect to get any in either for a few months apple had to go back and start remaking those batteries so uh yeah it's gonna be a little bit of time you may want to wait a few months again uh if you don't remember the 29 nine dollar plan that apple's offering up for the batteries that's good until the end of 2018 so the longer you wait the longer that device will be living with a good battery in the future and 6 Plus is is a really nice device so even after Apple stops supporting it, you can still be able to play games and do a lot more on it, it's a nice big screen
2: Hi Rob um, My name is Charlie, Charlie um, and I'm calling you from Michigan I have the iPhone SE I really like it and I use voiceover on it and the um, battery is really good on it so talk to
0: you later. Bye. Charlie brings up a good point there about the battery life on the SE being good. Now, with the new SE, if what happens, and we expect it to happen, is that the same exact package size will be used. In the two years since the original SE came out, Well, moving up two processors, the new processor is more battery efficient. So you should get better battery life. And on top of that, they've gone to different circuit board technology. So they can go to a smaller circuit board, which means a bigger battery available inside the iPhone SE. So in theory, they could increase battery size, have a more efficient battery, have the same exact screen, which means that overall, the new iPhone SE 2 could pick up an hour to two of battery life in a given day. Just you know, depends on if they're able or wanting to increase the size of the battery. But with, with the processor, you should, in theory, see better battery life from the iPhone SE 2 when it comes out. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, I didn't get the iPhone ten. I have the iPhone 7 Plus. Should I wait for the next iPhone? Seeing that the iPhone ten may be discontinued and the only reason I want it is for the portrait mode and the Animojis, regards, David J. Well, hi David. There's been a lot of wild predictions and misreporting around the iPhone X this past week. One article was titled, quote, Disappointing Sales See Apple Cutting iPhone 10 Production in Half This Quarter, unquote. Here is what I love from this article. Quote, Apple is said to have notified suppliers that it has cut its production target for the first quarter of this year to 20 million after previously telling them to expect to produce 40 million units, unquote. Again, if Apple does 20 million in iPhone 10s this quarter for sales, that's phenomenal. It's not bad. It is not disappointing. It's phenomenal. And no way, no how did Apple predict 40 million iPhone tens would be built this quarter when last year all they shipped overall was 50.8 million iPhones total. Numbers being reported do not pass remotely the sniff test. That report then led to other reports, including one that David J must have seen that said Apple will discontinue the iPhone 10 because of disappointing sales. Wrong. Part of the issue is, well, Gordon Kelly at Forbes, who, to put it nice, is an idiot. I mean, I, I could call him what I really think, but then I would lose a clean rating on the show. Uh, he's saying the iPhone 10 is having a, quote, sudden iPhone 10 cancellations, unquote, um, I don't know making it sound like what David Jay is saying, that it will be canceled, abandoned, and ran away from. But let's look at what really is being said out there. It is likely the iPhone X will not move down the product offering line, like the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus will. This kind of makes sense. The iPhone X is a top-of-the-line product that will likely be replaced by the iPhone XS. Let's call it that for right now, just differentiate. And the iPhone XS Plus the latter being a 6.5 big brother to the 10. Uh, if those two devices are launched in the fall, along with the 8S and the 8S+, with both the 8 and the 8 Plus moving down the product roadmap, where exactly would there be a place for the iPhone X? Uh, it would seem at that point, Apple would be best to just phase it out. Uh, that's nothing to do with sales, but lack of a price point where it makes any sense keep, uh, at the top of the line, iPhones, the XS and the XS Plus, and then kill the 10. This was likely the plan well before the first iPhone 10 ever even shipped, so it has nothing to do with sales. But again, some definitely misreported this, and Mr. Kelly at Forbes, without a doubt, did the worst job, as usual, on reporting about this. I, clearly, the guy is anti-Apple, or just, well, anyway, we're going to keep the... Clean rating on the show, so we won't say what we think about Mr. Kelly at Forbes. Back to that 10s, 10s Plus rumor. Ming-Chi Kuo and others have been saying that the 10s Plus would be a 6.5-inch upgrade to the iPhone X. Again, we talked about how the iPhone X acts more like a, an upgrade to the iPhone 7 and not the 7 Plus, and that does not support the split screen feature found in the plus-size phones. The new 6.5-inch iPhone XS would. They also dig into other potential specs like a 3400 milliamp hour battery, four gig of RAM, and of course, it will have an OLED screen and Face ID. One other rumor is that they they have instead of having the iPhone 8s and 8s Plus, Apple would go with I guess the iPhone 9, which would be a 6.1 inch iPhone with LCD screen, no home button, and Face ID. In this rumor, the iPhone 8S and 8S or 8 and 8 Plus are killed off, um, and there would be these three units, none of which uh, has a home button. And the iPhone 9, for lack of a better name, would be a single rear camera, whereas the 10s and 10s Plus would be dual cameras on the units. So if these three new units are released as expected, here's how pricing kind of would play out from top down. 6.5 inch iPhone 10s would be 1099 for the, these are all for the lowest storage versions. A 5.8 inch iPhone 10s would be $999. A 6.1 inch iPhone 9 would be 749 and 8 plus would be 669 now An 8 would be 549, the 7 plus would be 569, the 7 would be 449 and then the SE 2 the iPhone SE 2, would be $349 or something like that, at least according to Mac rumors. Much, much, much more on this in the future. And with all these rumors about the death of the iPhone X later this year, comes a new and conflicting report from the Korean publication, The Investor, that says, actually, the iPhone X will continue on until 2019 at least. They say conversation with component manufacturers have Apple wanting exclusive components for the iPhone 10 until at least 2019 for production volumes. They do agree there will be a couple of new units later this year, but feel the iPhone 10 will still be manufactured and sold next year as well.
2: Hey Rob, I'm just Justin from Pennsylvania. I don't want to call um in the slide since we we're talking about the free over there television. I just want to tell anyone before you invest in something expensive like the Elgato that the guy was talking about or anything that would let you record over the air make sure you test what channels you can actually get before you really make a big investment because I can tell you from experience in my where I live I do not get enough channels to make it a viable cord cutting option for myself I think I get literally get Two channels, and it's uh, it's like PBS, and then one of the local channels, and that's it. So like, I can't I can only get unless the game's on ABC. I think I get the, my local version of ABC, and that's it. So just make sure you you know what channels you can actually receive. If you know anyone, because I actually had a good antenna, I had one that I installed on the outside of my house, and I was really really disappointed at how few channels I could actually get. From where I live, I don't live in I really. Uh, I don't live in a rural area, but I don't live in like a highly populated area. So, just want to make sure people check that before they make some big investments and spend money that might go to waste. So, thank you very much, Rob. Have a great day. Bye.
1: Justin,
0: as always, thanks for the feedback. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I wanted to discuss with you the issue you mentioned in today's episode regarding the CBS app. I too have experienced. Issue where after pausing, you cannot resume playing. If I'm not mistaken, when you press the play pause button, it resumes for a half a second before pausing. Is this the same issue you're experiencing? I found this. If that's the case, try pressing down on the touch pad portion of the remote as if making the selection. Let me know if that works for you, of course, I feel better. That, uh, that the solution should probably be either by Apple or CBS. Regards, Brenton. And Brenton, yet yeah, that's exactly the issue I was having. I haven't had a chance yet to watch this week's uh, Star Trek Discovery because I was getting working on show notes yesterday night, folks. So I will check it out before the next episode. So I, I'm probably tomorrow night. I'll be watching uh, Star Trek Discovery, and we'll find out if the update fixed it or if your your solution fixed it. All right, back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I wanted to share my iOS 11 upgrade woes. I have an 8 Plus that I started from factory settings, not backup because I didn't want any issues. I loaded back the apps I use, and everything was fine until I tried to upgrade to 11.x.x. I don't remember which version, but it was one that you advised it was okay to upgrade to. It completely bricked my phone. I couldn't restore from backup, couldn't reset factory settings nothing after taking to the uh, talking to apple sport to no avail i then went to the apple store after many tries and much fiddling they managed to get it restored to factory settings then i restored from my backup after that i was skittish about upgrades but hearing the warnings about 11.2.2 fixing security issues i tried the update uh, upgrade again and it bricked my phone again Note: I followed all of your guidelines for doing safe upgrade. Again, I called Apple support, and again, it it took. Uh, it, I took it to the Apple store, where they were able to restore factory settings. The only difference between what they did and what I had done was they had iTunes on a Mac, and I had iTunes on Windows. After I complained and said I was afraid it uh, would happen again, they they replaced my phone. So hopefully, it won't happen again. Have others had this problem? On a side note, both of these Apple store visits took hours. The first time, they offered me a bottle of water and let me use the bathroom. The second time, no water. And when I asked to use the bathroom, they said it was for employees only. Same store, both times. Regards, Letty. Well, Letty, first off, sorry to hear the experience. Uh, It really does sound like you have some sort of physical issue with the unit. Or the other thing to remember is when you are doing an upgrade and you're doing an upgrade to any computer... Make sure that the the cable, the USB cable to Lightning, is plugged directly into the computer, not plugged into the monitor that's connected to the computer, not plugged into the keyboard that's connected to the computer, but plugged in directly to the USB port on the computer. Nothing in between it and the computer. There have always been issues, especially on the Windows machines, where you go through a USB hub or go through the monitor that's connected to the computer. You have to make sure you're Connected directly into the computer whenever doing an upgrade via iTunes and and hard tethered to the computer.
1: Hello, Rob. It's Daniel from Whisbeach, Cambridgeshire. Cheated on Siri the other day and I haven't looked back. I want to ask you and your listeners are you using Google Assistant on the iPhone? If not, why not? And furthermore, are you using Google Photos? If not, why not? So, I downloaded Google Photos and uploaded absolutely everything to their free service. Um, What's the trade-off? Alright, is it possibly that they now have information to every single aspect of my life and what I'm doing? As I've always said, nothing to fear, nothing to hide. I don't really care. The... Thing the, the thing is amazing, and I've now dropped my uh iCloud down to five gig, which is absolutely free. I'm not interested in backing up uh, any of my photos to iCloud, I'm sorry to say, because they charge. Sorry to say, Rob, they fixate on the money, and Google has come and swept in. Prove me wrong, tell me wrong. Welcome me back to iCloud Photos, and I will come willingly if there is something that I'm not seeing. Now, with regards to Google Assistant, absolutely stunning. My problems with Siri are still there. She's still, for example, I asked her, I said, Siri, open up voice memos so that I could perform this great task of voice memoing you, Rob and it could not see an app. So then I, I went in and I pulled slightly down as you do and then typed in voice memos and surely enough my iPhone couldn't. So then I said, to, I thought to myself, is it even called voice memos? So I went into my folder marked crap and there it was with all the other Apple apps, voice memo. So I can't it find an app that is but essentially the exact same phrase that I'm typing in and saying, why can't it it? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Google Assistant, all right, please tell me if you think that I'm doing wrong here or if you think it's not a good move. I should have stuck with Siri, but as far as I'm concerned, Siri uses Bing, Google Assistant uses Google. The thing is stunning. It can understand me every single time. Okay, it's a slight arduous task in that I have to go into the phone and press a button, Or swipe over into the notifications and press a button, but that is a fair trade off for what I consider to be no more rage quits in life. As I'm driving down the road trying to get Siri to uh, pull a phone number for a local, I don't know, gum clinic. I don't know what I was going with there. Gum clinic in the UK is a sexual health clinic, by the way. Sorry. I uh, always have to slightly lower the tone, just can't help it, anyway Rob listen I'll cut it short, love the show, love the face, love what you do, keep it up, uh, new year, new me, new you, let's all go and do whatever we got to do, and prosper and you know, just guess be rich and lovely and healthy and love love thy neighbor, but not covert thy neighbor, apparently. It's not allowed. The book said so. Don't know who wrote the book. thinks it's just monks. Anyway, I digress. Going too far now. Uh, getting into weird territory. Right. As always, <laughs> have a nice day.
0: Hi, Daniel. As always, um, thanks. But one of the key places you want to know why do you Siri is if you have Apple AirPods, you can just double tap on one of the AirPods and it'll open up Siri for you and you can then control it. And you can do certain things with Siri that you can't do with Google Assistant. Like if you're listening to a podcast, you can ask Siri to skip back 30 seconds or skip back 15 seconds if you miss something. So there are some definite advantages to having Siri and using Siri as far as not having to pull out the phone and go and launch up the Google Assistant, you can just launch Siri without taking the phone out of your pocket and have it ask you know ask it something, have it do something for you. Uh, so when you're driving, clearly there there's advantages there for using Siri. Plus Siri also has a better sense of humor. Speaking of which, we have this one. Hi Rob, ask Siri who is a good virtual assistant. Regards, Dave. And for the record, I had that question from Dave queued up for this week's episode before Daniel sent in his voice of a message. Just coincidence these two worked out this way. Who's a good virtual assistant?
1: There are others.
0: Who is a good virtual assistant?
1: I don't really like labels. Rob.
0: Who is a good virtual assistant?
1: I'm surprised you have to ask. Rob.
0: Who is a good virtual assistant?
1: I don't know. Rob. It's an honor just to be nominated.
0: Who is a good virtual assistant?
1: Well, I have my own opinion on the matter, but I'll let you decide.
0: Who is a good virtual assistant?
1: Really, Rob? Really?
0: Thanks again to Audible for their support of TII. For a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership, go to audible.com slash TII or text TII to 500-500 to get started. And before we go today, I want to remind you, sending your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment per something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant about something else. An app a product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course... We're always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on the show. This is your show and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com community. A quick reminder, if you're an app or dev or an iBook author, email me if you would like your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when sending in the promo codes, please, please, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Finally, check out the TII app, which is free to you, by searching for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app or get the update. Until the next time, I am your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today and iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. This <laughs> as part of the music control is being able to control which music plays or where music plays. I am guessing uh, when the HomePod arrives and we're able. Oh, that is very Or it may be just priced too far out of the market to be anything other than a very nice niche device that the audiophiles at Apple love, but the general population population nice. A due degree, due degree, nice.